0: Welcome to Career Revisionist with Dr. Grace Lee, dedicated to doers, dreamers, and realists who want more success and satisfaction in their life. This podcast is about answering one question. How can you build a fulfilling career where it's all about doing work you love and growing your income without sacrificing your values? And here's your host. She has a full collection of P90X workouts, Dr. Grace Lee. There was a phase in my life where I was just obsessed with fitness and P90X, you know, with Tony Horton was the, was one example of these fitness DVDs, you know, fitness videos that I bought, but there was uh, many more that followed after that. And you notice what I said there was that it was a phase in my life, right? And I've had many phases in my life. I had this phase where I was interested in eating only lean protein and vegetables there was a phase in my life where I was super interested in gourmet cooking and, and, and namely like baking pastries and desserts, right? So, I mean, how many of you have gone through that? I mean, have you ever had these phases in your life and maybe they lasted only a couple of weeks, maybe they lasted a few months or even a few years. I mean, there was a, a, this part, that phase in my life where I was just so obsessed with baking pastries and desserts that lasted a few years. And it's interesting our career also goes through phases too, right? If you think about if your whole entire career history, it doesn't matter if it was 30 years, you know, 40 years, 20 years, or maybe 10 years, your whole career history, you can pick out a few things where you say, oh, now looking back, you might say, oh, yeah, that was just a phase. But in the moment, You're so passionate about it. You're so caught up in it that you feel like this is long lasting. I just love this so much. I could be eating this up every day of my life. And then you realize, oh, all of a sudden it kind of just fades away and you're no longer interested in it or you found something else that you're more interested in. And then sometime in the future, you look back and you realize, huh, that was just a phase. And it's interesting, these phases, they take you through these bursts of moments where you learn something new and these bursts of moments where you experience a fiery passion and then it kind of like, Dwindles over time, and you wonder, well, why? And sometimes, I mean, you might your response might be, well, now I don't know what I want to be doing in my future, and I don't know whether or not what I'm doing right now is going to be long lasting because I had these fashion, these passions in the past, it felt like I was extremely passionate about it, and then it just never lasted. How do I know if this is going to last right? The truth is in your career, in the lifetime of your career, in the span of your career, you're going to go through phases and it is completely normal. It is acceptable and it is also beneficial to experience these phases. And so that's why it's important to know what phases that you're going to be going through so that you can plan and be more proactive on what to expect in each of these phases. And, and these days, like the modern day careers are not going to be like in the past where you can't. where in the past, you know, before the information age, before the internet became a huge thing, a really important thing where you can just get any information you want at the touch of your fingertips, right? Before any of that was even possible. There was a time where job applications came through the newspaper. There was a time where phone calls, Physical phone calls where you picked up a receiver and you dialed the phone and you talked to employers that way. That was the norm. And in those times, in that phase of life, in that phase in society, that was a phase too. In that phase in society, careers were these like 20, 30, 40 year long tunnels where it was perfectly acceptable and it was the path to success if you land a job and you kept that job for decades and you worked hard in that job so that you can be promoted and earn more income in the future. And that was the the way to do it. Right? You would apply, you would apply, you would compete on these positions. And there were not a lot of like there wasn't opportunities like now you can hop on a Zoom call and you can have employees for, from all around the world. It was a lot harder back then right? Most often you were in the same room as your colleagues, or you had to physically relocate and move to that city, right? And there wasn't, there wasn't um, what you would call remote work back then. But that was the, that was a phase in society as well. So nowadays, the modern day careers aren't going to be these long decade long tunnels. They are like micro careers, where now when you hear someone oh i've been at this in this company for 5 years it's kind of like a surprise and it's more even more of a surprise if they've been there for 10 years so then It is the trend now that people are changing careers. And even within the career, they're changing responsibilities. Their responsibilities, their roles, their duties are constantly evolving. So it takes different skill sets that you hone to be able to remain relevant over time, right? And so that's why there's a lot of phases in your career. So what I want to talk about in today's episode are what are the six phases of your career? What are they? And how do employee employers value you at each of these phases? And this is really important to know because I want a little bit of a, a caveat here. These phases, of course, are going to be there, but the length of time that a person spends in each of these phases is going to be different. For some, it may not be a long time at all, and for some of you, some of each of these is kind of like on an even basis where you spend equal amount of time in each. But for each person, the experience is going to be different. The exercise for you is going to be recognizing which phase you are in and looking back on your career history and being able to recognize and acknowledge that, oh yeah, that was that phase of that my career. When I was doing that, it was during that phase of my career and that's why those things were happening. So it's being able to diagnose for yourself the career history and then being able to be more proactive on the phases that are to come in the future of your career. Okay, so here goes. First phase is the discovery phase. This is all about you. This phase, in this phase of your career, you are learning, you are developing, you are growing your knowledge base. Right. For me, this was, of course, my time in college. I went straight into college from high school, no breaks at all. And for each of my degrees, I did a master's degree, then a ba- uh, sorry, I did a bachelor's degree, then a master's and a PhD. I didn't take any breaks in between, and so that was my phase of my career. Especially during the bachelor's and master's, it was about developing and learning my knowledge, and it was specialized knowledge. Right, and for you, that knowledge is going to be different. How deep you go into that knowledge, the breadth you go into the knowledge is going to be very different depending on what you've chosen, that the career direction you've chosen, right? So if you're gonna go, if you're going to college, this is the phase of your career where you choose your academic major. Right? For my phase, for my bachelor's degree, I chose to major in biochemistry and microbiology. And then for my master's and PhD, I chose to major in neuroscience. So that was my discovery phase. And this is the phase where you're getting the most earliest experiences in your professional life. And those experiences are going to be important because they inform you what your interests are. And they also inform you what your strengths are. Because you're going to be, as you're learning, as you're developing yourself, you're investing in your knowledge here. And, it, and if you're in college, you're investing tens of thousands of dollars dollars to learn and develop. If you If you didn't go to college, you still have a discovery phase. Right. You're still having if you didn't go to college, then from high school, you got your first you got your first position and that position evolved. You went to a different position. And so in your discovery phase, if you didn't go to college, you are still learning. You're still developing. And those early experiences are giving you feedback on what your interests are and what your strengths are. So if you had those early jobs and you were miserable, you just hated that job. It's informing you of what you're not interested in. And it might also be informing you on what you're not strong in. So then it, it helps hone the career direction that you need to go. right? So then what you want to do if you're in the discovery phase right now, that what you want to do is focus on clarity. You want to have clarity because you're getting feedback from the outcomes of your life at that time. If you're in discovery, you're you're experimenting, you are getting your experiences, you're trying to get as many experiences, different experiences as you can. So you're saying yes to things, basically. You got to say the yes to things. You have to say yes to opportunities. Sometimes you don't know if they're going to be good opportunities. You don't even know if this is going to be an opportunity, but you have to be bold here. You have to be courageous here and just say yes say yes and you keep saying yes so that you have the data you're collecting data on what you're interested in and what your strengths are right so what your the goal here in doing this is to get clarity on three things the first thing you try to get clarity is on your interests right and your interests. you'll know you're interested in something when you are achieving when you are experiencing moments of flow that's when you are doing something you're involved in something, you are in a, in a career position or you're in a job position where you just don't even realize how much time has passed. You're just so engulfed in it and engaged in it. Those would likely be your interests. Right? So you, as you're saying yes to things and you are just being very open-minded and being aware of your experiences that you're getting, that you're saying yes to, you're trying to delineate, you're trying to have clarity on what are my true interests. The second thing you're trying to have clarity on are your strengths, right? And more importantly, it's, you know, things that you'll start to realize what comes easy to you. You start to realize where your roadblocks are. You start to realize what you find extremely challenging, but more importantly than that is getting the perception of, from other people. So getting feedback from other people, asking them, how do you perceive me? What do you believe are my superpowers? So getting that feedback from your immediate surroundings, from the things that you're saying, the people and the opportunities that you're saying yes to, right, in this phase of your career, you're getting feedback. What are my strengths? And then the third thing you want to get clarity on is learning marketable skills. What are the skill sets that will get you that career goal in the future? What are the skill sets that you need to be focusing on? Right. And this and this is really important and knowing the skill set that is going to be important to you goes back to knowing where you came from the origins your origins and what I this is what I like to call your origin story so you know your history before this before when you were younger what was it that you had dreamed of what were things that you dreamed of having what did you see around you people that you met adults that you met around you that you admired right what were some things that you even envied in other people So then it's about closing that gap and identifying for yourself what are the skills that will make you marketable, that will make you irresistible to employers, to companies in the future. So in this phase, in the discovery phase of your career, employers are going to be valuing you based on your potential, right? Because it is your potential to succeed the way they need you to succeed in the future. You haven't proven that yet. Because you're in the first phase of the career, which is discovery. So then they're valuing you based on the potential they see, which is why it's important for you to have clarity on those areas of your, uh, on interest, strengths, and skills, because you want to be able to convey and communicate that potential. Right? So that's the first phase of your career. Right? And then the second phase is the phase in which you are being able to promise something. So showing promise in something in the future. That's the second phase. And this is where you are now developing some professional skills, right? In the discovery phase, you've identified which skills you need to learn, your strengths and your interests. In the promise phase, you are developing professional skills. You've kind of chosen and you're making contributions to that company. You're making contributions in that organization. So here you're choosing your career focus, right? Whereas in the previous phase, you're choosing your major, what, you know, kind of like the direction you want to go in. You're saying yes to many things. You're saying yes all the time to confirm whether or not that's the direction you want to go. And now it is choosing your career focus. Instead of your academic focus, now it's your career focus, your professional major. In other words, right? The analogy is here, your academic major, and now this is your professional major. So what you're doing is you're testing out a diverse set of roles and work environments right so it's okay to test these out so again you're saying yes but now you're saying yes to different roles because you have a better idea of what your strengths are from the previous phase you have a better idea on what your interests are so now you're testing out your your test driving roles and different work environments but remember, you have to do this from a rational perspective. You have to have a rationale of why, why you're trying out this role and why you're now moving into the next one. It has to make sense from a listener, right? Because if it doesn't make sense, it could look like job hopping on paper and that's not a, a good position to be. So you have to have a rationale. And here the focus is on demonstrating efficacy. You want to make sure that, in other words, you want to prove to people that when they hired you based on your potential in the previous phase, that they made a the right decision. Here's your chance to be efficate. But right? you want to be efficacy. You want to meet deadlines. You want to be enthusiastic. You want to produce high-quality work. Right? You want to make sure that you're doing what you promised, that you can that they they saw potential in you and that they were right. That's this phase of your career. So in this phase, employers are valuing you valuing you based on your results. They're looking at your output here and that's how they judge you. And that's where when they see your outcome, when they see your results, that's where they can make decisions to recognize you, to reward you, to promote you or compensate you better. So that's the second phase of your career. And I remember when I was in college you know, that was discovery. I was finding out what am I interested in? I was yes yesterday things. I was volunteering at the hospital. I was running camp- marketing campaigns because I wanted to run for some um, some of these student clubs at the university. So I ran for president. I ran for secretary. I did treasurer for one year and I organized the, the graduation um, parties, right? I tried a lot of different things. I even tried the arts. It was interesting because I the arts meaning singing and dancing, right? I even did. I even auditioned for a musical that was in Chinese. It was a Chinese musical. There was in part singing and acting as well. I tried all of these things to make sure that the path that I was going to choose was going to be the one that was in alignment with who I am, right? And you don't know that until you say yes to things in the discovery phase, right? So then when I moved into the promise phase of my career, that was when It was like halfway through, a little bit more than halfway through my PhD where I knew that, yes, this is definitely my area of expertise because now it's like I've been in school for six years, seven years, eight years, going on 10, pushing 10 years, right? So this was definitely in for me, which was very unique was I was developing my professional skills in a professional degree, right? And by that time in that degree, I was being paid for going to school as well. So this was definitely an earlier phase of my career, although I was a student on paper, but it was definitely me developing professional skills. So the contributions I was making to the organization, the organization was my institution where I was doing my PhD. And so I would be evaluated from my supervisor, from my colleagues, other professors, my peers in that sense. I was being evaluated based on what the papers I was producing right? The outcomes of my discoveries and my findings in my research. And so definitely my focus at that time was producing high quality work, asking the right questions, designing the right experience to understand the brain in disease and in health. And that's where I was publishing all the time. I was thinking about new ways to uncover treatments for diseases that have no cure or, or neurodegenerative diseases, things like that. And I was thinking about the gaps in our knowledge as a society. And that was the promise phase. So after that, the next phase, the third phase is your, is where you develop some experiential value. You're trying to establish in this phase your track record and your reputation in the marketplace. So this is your opportunity to capitalize on that experience you developed in the previous phase, the skills you decided to hone on in the first phase and becoming an expert, the expertise that you're going to gain because you want to do what the reason why is because you want to become promotable and you want to become sought after so that you will be recruited for positions that you will be an irreplaceable asset in that company. This is where your ability to leverage your experience into new opportunities is going to be really important. And for experiential value, this phase in the career, the focus is on building relationships, right? So building goodwill with people, building relationships, adding value to them and showing that you are a team player because you want to support the people around you right? This is a a relationship economy with the careers out there, with the jobs out there that are available. Most of them aren't even advertised. They're not even posted. We talked about this, you know, about the hidden, the hidden job market. That's huge. And some of those opportunities in the hidden job market are the ones that are the most coveted, sought after and well-paid, especially the C-level and the executive positions. The business type roles are never advertised in online. So that's why it's the relationship economy. You want to build goodwill around around you so that people are going to look out for you and be your advocate. So you want to be positive and helpful. You want to attract good talent to work with you or to work for you. And you want to develop that talent, right? So here in this phase in experiential value, your employers are going to value you based on the value of your experience. So when I was in this phase of my career, this was after I had finished my PhD. I graduated, degree in hand, and what I did was I did a fellowship. It was a paid internship. After that, I was in a hospital, a university hospital in the, de- in the Department of Neurology. And I had a bit of a bit more of a clinical role, but it was still with a strong research role. And I had a a clinical touch working with specialists, like neurologists, physiologists, uh, uh, psychiatrists, things like that. I was working with specialists and we were trying to change the landscape of patients with brain trauma. We were trying to improve that landscape. And that was my role. And it was a very high visibility leadership role in that fellowship. And it was very rewarding. And so I was focusing on developing relationships with key people these are people that are established in neurology or in neuroscience and what i was focusing on was developing developing my my experiential value so in other words what experiences that am i going to design for myself in my career path that are going to be extremely valuable to people in the future that's what the question was and for me what i focused on was opportunities where I would be presenting from stage, where I would be leading a panel discussion, where I would be, um, you know, speaking up in front of a crowd, and I did that. I organized seminars. I volunteered to be a panel, a panel leader in a very, a very focused discussion on bioethics, and I traveled to the states. I traveled to at that time. I was in Atlanta and New Orleans, and there was one in San Diego as well. And I led this discussion with a panel of experts. And so these were, this was an experience that was extremely that was going to be extremely valuable in my future. So I was designing that path. So that's this phase of your career. The fourth phase is harvesting. Now, in the first three phases, you are sowing the seeds. Now, in the fourth, is where you get to harvest. This is where careers begin to diverge. In the harvest phase, is what I've noticed is that people who have sowed the seeds. Now it's time to harvest, right? Because you want to experience the fruit. You want to grow fruit. You want to develop results for your future. This is where careers begin to diverge, right? And in the first group, the divergence happens at this fork in the road. Either you could continue growing, right? And have more options available to you, more alternatives, higher compensation, promotions, being well sought after. Either that could happen or the other side where you could slow down in progress, you could get passed over for opportunities, passed over for promotion, and feel that you are working hard and not getting noticed, or feeling stuck in your career, right? So that's where that fork in the road happens, is right at this phase. After sowing seeds, it's time to harvest, and that divergence could happen, right? The difference between the two, which path you go behind, between, with the difference, what makes the difference is what I call career revisioning. And that's why the title of my podcast is career revisionist, because your identity is a career revisionist and you're developing yourself as a career revisionist. What you're doing is you are developing yourself in the right direction and you're creating high value for for yourself in the marketplace. Or you can reinvent yourself and transform your experiential value into new potential in a different area. Some people don't want to transition a career they want to stay in that career path because they have a career path in view but they're just not moving forward at the pace that they want and some people do want to reinvent they want to go down a different career path they want to go down to to work in a different industry or in a different marketplace right so it's about reinvention but here in this Harvest Career Path, that's why it's extremely important to focus on setting goals and applying your experience and applying your expertise to new situations because your employers are going to value you for what you can give back. Right? You've, you, at this time, it's assumed that you have the experience. It's, exu- it's going to be assumed that you know your strengths and that you know what you want to do. That is going to be assumed from you. So they're going to, their expectation is what can you give back now from your value, from all the experience, the value of your experiences in the past? They're going to assume you already had that. Now they're going to look at you and they want to know what you can give back. So that's that phase. So after harvest, you're harvesting the seeds that you've sowed now. So the next phase now is relevancy. This is a stage that's analogous to the traditional corporate retirement. You know, and I hate to say that because, you know, today's careers, they no longer are going to be like in the past where at the age of 65, you retire, you enjoy retirement predictably. And it's not good like that anymore. So I hate to say that, but for lack of a better term, relevancy is like the analogy to that in the modern day. So some people retire earlier, right? And they, and they retire early, but they seek new interests, So it doesn't mean that life stops and they just go golfing or they take vacations or they go to their retreat and on the beach every day. They, they, they retire, right? But they're seeking new interests. And while as, whereas some people, they don't retire in the sense of retirement, but they continue in their roles. I mean, how many of you know someone who's past the age of 65 and yet they're still working in their industry they're still working in their role of course their roles their role has modified over the years maybe they've handed down certain responsibilities but they're still in that industry you know they're still sought after and they're still making contributions in that industry but they're well over 65 and if you ask those individuals well how come you're not retiring retiring right They are just like, I love what I do. I don't see this as work, right? So that is the answer they give. So that's what I mean. It's about staying relevant. Whatever you choose in this phase of your career, continuing working or some sort of a retirement structure, traditionally or not, right? whatever Whatever you decide that is in line with what you truly value. This is the phase of your career that I'm talking about. So still others, they pursue something called an encore career, right? An encore career. And it's where you build something that is meaningful because you've identified another field of interest, a new field of interest that's meaningful to you. And then therefore you develop this, a new, like a phase two career from it. A second act. Some people call it a second act or an encore career. And it's meaningful to you. So you are you are leaving in a sense retiring from the role you've been in but you are developing a second act or an encore career in a, in a new field that could be related or unrelated to your previous one but most importantly is meaningful to you so the only two reasons that people there's only two reasons why people find opportunities in new fields of interest they either do it out of desire or out of necessity right so which one do you prefer Do you want to have to do this because it's a dire situation and now it becomes a have to? Or do you want to be in a position where you can choose to? You're doing it because you want to. So that's why it's important to focus on staying relevant. You want to be relevant and stay relevant in the marketplace And you want to be sought out for advice and mentorship because you've demonstrated what you can give back, because you've demonstrated that the experience that you've had in your past is is going to be extremely valuable. right? And so that's where you're constantly still learning new skills. You're pursuing meaningful interests. You're having impact. And most importantly, you are giving back. So at this phase, employers are not going to be so high above you like they were in the beginning they're going to be more of your peers they're going to be more of of, of an equal grounds like your peers right so employers in this sense they are valuing you based on your wisdom so this is where things start to shift and change here so that's the fifth phase of your career and the sixth one the and the final one as as you might suspect it is legacy and legacy is what you are leaving behind. It is a message. It is, they are insights. They are, it's wisdom. It's something that you are leaving behind for the next generation. It doesn't necessarily mean it's your own kids, right? It could be just the next generation and you get to choose and you get to design the legacy you want to leave behind and who you want to leave the message or the insights to. You get to design that. Who is that audience? And so, I feel that legacy is like the modern day version of retirement. For me, that's what it is. It's the modern day version of retirement because people aren't retiring the way they did traditionally before the information age, where they get their pension and they just relax every day. Right. So now people are more focused on meaning. They're more focused on continued contribution. So, leaving that legacy is the new age of retirement. So, for example, let me give you an example. Possibly you focus on health and family, right? And that's your legacy your own health, focusing on your own family, or you are focusing on meaningful relationships that you've developed over the course of your career or over the course of your life, you are you could be focusing on altruism and, and giving back to society. Let me give you an example. So my adoptive parents, uh, they adopted me when I was 14. Incredible people. When they adopted me, my so my dad was a high school teacher. He was a high school teacher, and mom was a stay-at-home, stay-at-home uh, mom. She she used to be a secretary, and then when she had two kids, or she so they had biological children of their own. So then they had kids; they she stayed at home to care for them, and she didn't go back to the workforce. She was a, a home carer, and she cared for her husband as well. And so when they adopted me, my dad was still working as a teacher in high school, and mom was uh, was taking care of the home. And eventually, you know, they reached 65 and they passed 65. And when that happened, uh, my dad, he did retire. He left the high school. He left the, he was been an educator for a very long time. Very good educator as well. He cares for his students so much. And so he did retire traditionally from the teaching, from his, from being an educator. But when they retired, what my parents did was they ended up moving to Uganda, to a very, very small village outside of Masaka. And so the capital of Uganda is Kampala. You drive five hours or so into another town called Masaka, and then you drive on the outskirts. It's kind of like, for lack of a better term, it's like the suburbs of Masaka. And I've been there. It is very eye-opening. And that 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 village, those villages outside of Masaka, the villages is in an area called Soweto. And there are some of the most... Oh, some of the most poor poorest villages in that country and my heart went out to the families that were there and my parents as soon as they visited Uganda they were originally going there just to see Africa as visitors what ended up happening was they tore up their passport they tore not their passports, so they tore up their airplane ticket and they ended up staying there and so now Today, my parents have been living in Uganda for 20 years. They are citizens now of Uganda. They have a Ugandan passport. They're citizens. And they started an orphanage there that's been running for 20 years. And they have changed that nation, providing for hundreds of children in Uganda. And so that's my parents' legacy. right? So they're focusing on building So they have a high value on altruism. And so for them, their legacy is leaving behind no child, like no child left behind. So they are providing futures for their children. So in this phase of your career in legacy, you continue to remain remain relevant. You continue to be sought after and respected. But at the same time, you're striving for that feeling that your life is marked by success when you look back, you, you feel that, yes, it had meaning and I had well-being, right? So in legacy, you're leaving behind your wisdom. You're leaving behind some part of you, that generosity and the value of your contributions. So when you're at this phase of your career, it's actually no longer relevant how employers value you because you are, you are the sought after expert, right? Your life becomes an example to others. You have led an exemplary life and career. And people look up to you as leader, as a role model. And the same thing is true of my parents. If you met my parents, you'll see that they are some of the most philanthropic. They are some of the most kindest and empathetic individuals that you'll ever meet. And even today, you know, my parents are close to 80 years old. They're approaching 80 and they have three boys from uganda that they've adopted one of them is 10 years old one of them is five years old one of them was eight and he passed away recently unfortunately he had cancer and he passed away recently and they're 80 they're almost 80 and they are still parents to very young children because that's how much they care and so the way they live their life i mean the world is watching Right. They their 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 orphanage is a recognized NGO in Uganda, so the world is watching. They send out newspaper newsletters, right? They it's it's incredible, and so they're exemplary. And I've I've observed them everywhere they go, and when they have their son with them, everywhere they go, they are attracting people. They are attracting people who want to listen to them. They are attracting people who want to model them in many ways, and so. I'm pressing upon you to ask yourself: Then, what is the legacy that you want to leave behind? Right? What is that meaning to you? How are you going to design your future, design your career path, so that you are sought after, so that you are respectable? Right? You are becoming a respected person in 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 the world. Right? As a respected civilian. So if that's if if this is something that you have been thinking about and you're wondering okay so now I know the six the six phases of my career and I know what I need to do but I'm not sure how to do it and if you want to figure out okay how do I do this then I have an offer for you. And if you don't mind me just spending five minutes talking about this, I have an intensive, which really helps you to get down to what are some principles that you need to have to build out these six phases of your career to ensure that each of these phases that you are highly productive, that you are, that you are positioning yourself in a way so that you can leave behind that legacy, so that you can stay relevant, so that you can future-proof your career. If you want to find out more, and find out if this is right for you, I invite you to visit careerrevisionist.com slash intensive. So that's careerrevisionist.com slash intensive. I'll put in the show notes as well. And if you found this helpful, and if you're listening to me today, I invite you to leave me an honest review on iTunes as well. You know, give me a review, your honest review. Let me know if you have any questions as well and go to careervisions.com if you're not on iTunes and you prefer other platforms. You could leave me reviews on your favorite platform as well. I read every single one of them. Your comments and your questions are so important to me. So, I look forward to answering your questions in a subsequent episode of Career Visions. Thank you for being here and for listening to my podcast episodes. I look forward to hanging out with you again and to having another meaningful contribution.